0: News, information, Information. conversations, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine.
1: Yeah, it's a good day for singing a song, and it's a good good day for moving along. Yeah, it's a good day. How can anything go wrong? Good day from morning till night.
0: Good morning, Grand Valley, and welcome to the big gig. It's 710, 10 minutes after the hour, midweek edition of our swing and soiree. Got a lot to do over the course of the morning this morning. And we always want you to be part of the program. It's 304 214 1600, Frio Stack Auction Service text line. 304 232 8255, the Frio Stack Auction Service phone line. We'd love to have you here. I say we, who might that be? Well, it is me. I'm Howard Rowan, sitting right over there. You can see me pointing to him, right? Right over there. Is Bob Slider? Good
1: morning, Howard. Uh, So you have coffee this morning. You are all fired
0: up. I forgot my coffee yesterday, and it's it wasn't so much that I needed coffee, but it was one less liquid that I had. I have to have at least one liquid per hour uh, when I'm on the show, and I was. I think that's normal. Yeah. Well, I you know, so I had no coffee, and uh, so I had to try and pace myself yesterday (laughs) with my green bottle of water. And Bob, if you remember from, well, days long gone by. I don't pace myself with liquid very well.
1: You're not a pacer, Howard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, good morning. 46 degrees everywhere. 46 at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 46 at the Highlands. 46 in Elm Grove. 46. Here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, heart of the Ohio Valley. It's going to be a mixture of sun and clouds today. Daytime high, 60-ish, maybe lightly into the 60s today. Uh, Tomorrow, cloudy mid-60s, but some showers coming in probably later in the day. Uh, Tomorrow, some showers on Friday, a high of 58, and we'll see some showers on and off throughout almost the entire weekend. Although it looks like maybe the beginning of next week could turn out to be a pretty sunny. Short show today, but lots to get into this morning. Homeless issues dominated Wheeling City Council last night. Man, I'm going to tell you, Bob, I watched that council meeting. <laughs> Almost every council member had something to say about this uh, no urban camping ordinance that is proposed. It was a first reading last night, so no vote was taken. Uh, Chad Thalman proposed an amendment uh, to it. Um, but everybody had some things to say. Ben Seidler, in particular, had some, what's the word I want to use? Insightful comments, I thought. Very insightful comments about uh, the homeless situation in Wheeling. So I'll share much of that with you coming up in a couple of minutes. Governor Justice's companies in a court filing have essentially admitted we ain't got no money. They admitted they're broke. I'll give you details in a minute. Waterfront Hall, a new addition to Wheeling's Water Stream on the Heritage Port. It has been creating very positive vibes downtown. I think I've been calling it a spark plug. It creates some excitement. I think it's going to generate a lot more activity. I think there's a lot of possibilities spinning off of Waterfront Hall. And Waterfront Hall itself, it's the old Barry Supply Building, renovated now into Avenue Eats and some other things there. Uh, it's going to be more than what it is just now. And what now is pretty good, it's going to be even more. Dan Millison, who is the guy who, Uh, is uh, owning the building and owning the the concept, is going to drop by to talk to us about that. On the national scene, Jim Jordan still appears short of the votes he needs to win the speakership in the House. Plus, of course, the usual stuff. Slider on sports, Adam Fike's forecast, Taylor Long with the Ohio Valley headlines. Got all of that coming up this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. You made yourself a pretty good meal last night? I did, Howard. I, uh, my friend, we did, we, I mean, Nancy did a good job for dinner, but
1: uh, not as good as mine. No, my friend found me shrimp. You know how I'm crazy about shrimp yeah. and I'm not so crazy about it at home. I, I get shrimp at one place and it's red lobster. Okay. I think they have the best. Somebody shrimp. else does the work. Yeah. Yeah. With, but I found this uh, frozen shrimp and it's uh, the butterflied uh, shrimp. Like I like the big, the big one there. Mm-hmm. And I had a combination. I fried a steak, which I'm pretty good at. French fries. I can't screw that up in the oven, right? Right. <laughs> and the shrimp really set it off, Howard. I so I had steak, shrimp, and french fries, and I prepared it and it was really, really good. Surf and turf. It, okay, there you go.
0: Man. Ribeye you said? A ribeye steak, yeah. Bone in ribeye?
1: No bone. I don't want no, no
0: stinking no bone. Bone in ribeye is a good Okay. All right. I mean I I love me a ribeye steak. Now the only thing is you like yours well done, don't you? Yeah, it's gotta be crispy. I like mine bleeding. Nah, I don't want to like that. All right, man.
1: I want it red, but that's ketchup power. That's not the, the, oh, no, the blood no coming out no, of it. No,
0: no, no, Bob. Red. Well done steak with ketchup. Oh God! But at any rate, it sounds like a pretty good meal. It was delicious. It honey. sounds delicious. We had. Uh, I mean, we had a nice meal. Nancy made tonight. What did she do? What did she make last night? Turkey Tetrazzini, I think, which I was like. You um, are a casserole kind of guy. I love casseroles. I absolutely love casseroles. Uh, pretty much any kind. Uh, I'm I'm in for that. I enjoy it. Uh, it is 7-14, 14 after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Skimming through X yesterday. That's the old Twitter, X. And I see a piece, uh, a little comment or two, from our buddy Brad McElhaney. And here's what Brad says. Uh, I usually don't bore you details of all of the legal wranglings, but, says Brad, in late September, a federal court ordered James C. Justice Companies to pay $194,000-plus, blah, blah, in attorney's fees and expenses. And last week, the justice companies said, quoting Brad, no can do. Quote, quote, from the legal filing. This isn't just the governor, you know, wandering on, talking to reporters. This is in a legal filing by one of his companies. Defendants have no operations, revenues, or unencumbered assets. The evidence further establishes these things have been true for many years. Defendants have no funds in their bank accounts and no unencumbered assets that they could sell to generate money. Now, I the, the word isn't used here, but that sounds to me like they're broke. Doesn't that sound like they're broke to you? It does,
1: and, and the first two, two questions come racing to me. First of all, I, I don't believe that he ever was a billionaire. I, I just don't see how that downfall could happen if you had all those wonderful assets that he claimed to have at one time.
0: See, I want to I come back to you. Well, how can you say that? Forbes said he was a billionaire. Well, they said and, Donald Trump, too. And then I remember Donald Trump. Again,
1: exactly. so two peas in a pod right there, Howard. So You're again, right, right exactly. off the bat, I, again, that's what my brain tells me. And the second question is, Why in the world doesn't this man file bankruptcy? Because it sounds to me, again, they don't talk about bankruptcy too much on Law &
0: Order. But I'm thinking he's the perfect candidate. Don't you, Howard? Well, listen. Listen to what they themselves say. Defendants have no operations, revenues, or unencumbered assets. These things have been true for many years. Defendants have no funds in their bank accounts. And no unencumbered assets they could sell to generate funds. I'm like you, I'm, well, actually, I have some experience with bankruptcy. To me, that's the textbook definition of bankruptcy. What we know for sure, because we've talked about it over and over again, he has millions and millions of dollars of debt. And apparently, hello down there, the bank account's got nothing in it.
1: Look, the governor has had financial problems that we've known about for some time. But the the big red flag that slapped me right in the face, Howard, is when he had those tax liens on his property and couldn't make them good. Okay, he just had to come in there and pay his back taxes, and he would have held on to that property. And then what he could have done was sold the property. But he let those go for back taxes, and that was just a shocker to me,
0: Howard. Now, let's be clear before somebody texts me and says something. They have assets. Remember the the the, uh, the uh, governor's um, Senate finance report not too long ago showed that he had, I think, 147 individual assets, n- almost none of which produced any income, but they have assets. So the discussion we had at the time was, well, you could sell, the, the assets are not, they're not producing money, but you could sell them, I guess. But if I'm reading this correctly, and again, I'm reading right from, uh, thanks to Brad McElhinney, he posted the actual legal documents. If I'm reading this correctly, um, all of the assets they do have, like the helicopter, are already quote spoken for. In fact, that was the argument the Justice Companies made when the uh, marshals were going to come and take the uh, the chopper for the, the Russian company that he was owed that he owed money to. Uh, the, the the response of the Justice Companies was, "Hey, other people were entitled to that chopper." So the assets they have, they have assets. But they're already spoken for. They're already leveraged against something else. And that was kind of screwy. And and as a proud West Virginian, I truly believe
1: this. I think that the, the whole state would forgive him for being a lousy businessman. Yeah. But I don't think we'd forgive him for being a fraud. And I think that is one thing that could bring him down, just like shoots and ladders. It's fun going up the ladder, but, man, when you got somebody on your ass, like they've been on, 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 on J.J.'s ass, you know, that's a long slide to, to, to go down and think about, man, I just want to go home. I'm
0: tired of this. Now, this is not new information. Let's be clear about that. I think all of us have assumed this. Certainly the Senate Finance Report a couple weeks ago kind of indicated this. What's new about this is the, this is from the justice companies themselves in a court filing. Their answer to someone, um, uh, Brad's story doesn't tell me who who it was who uh, filed the this particular debt against him. Uh, but their response was, we ain't got no money. We ain't got no money. Literally. We have... Quote, no funds in the bank account and no unencumbered assets that could be sold. This is not news. The news is they literally are now admitting it in a court filing. I'll be curious to see when uh, J.J. holds his next media conference what Brad or Stephen or someone will ask him and what he will say about all this.
1: We've speculated before, Howard, what would it take to, to start chipping away and and bring J.J. down a parade of West Virginians who said, Look, man, I, my life is ruined now because I work for this guy and, and he owes me this or owe, owes me that. People will pay attention to that.
0: Frio Stack Auction Service text line 304 214 1600. Is the Greenbrier an asset of Jim Justice? Uh, the answer is yes. And I think the argument here is that the Greenbrier owes more money than it is valued at. Now, I can't speak to that specifically. I don't see that here in this particular filing. And also, I can't read the filing. It's kind of tiny print, and my eyes aren't reading all well. Uh, but yes, he, uh, the Greenbrier is an asset, of, not of Jim Justice personally. Well, actually, because he signed for a lot of this stuff personally. But anyway, it, it's either an asset of Justice or Justice Company. and um, But I think it's already, again, it's under underwater as well. I think. Now, don't that's not a take to the bank, but... Uh, well, shouldn't be talking about the bank in this case, but uh, I, think, I think I'm right about that. Anyway, fascinating story. Uh, Brad, it's not a story. Brad did not do a piece about this at WVMetroNews.com, and I'm kind of curious why, as a matter of fact. Uh, he only posted these things on his X account, Twitter account. Um, but clearly, it, it is a new development. And I, I didn't, haven't seen any kind of response from Alex Mooney, but... I'm sure Mooney's going to have... There's a a grin on his face, Howard. uh, You know, there's going to be probably some some kind of response to that. 721, 21 after the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. We're looking at 46 degrees pretty much everywhere around the upper Ohio Valley. Going to get up into the 60s, but just barely into the 60s today. Wheeling Council last night spent almost their entire time talking about homelessness, talking about this proposed ordinance that was read for the first time last night, not passed, but just the first reading to ban all camping on public property in the city of Wheeling. Most of the council members had some kind of comment about this. Most of them seemed supportive of it. Rosemary Ketchum said she would be a no vote when the time came. She has some other ideas. I'll share some of that with you. Hopefully we'll get her on the show this week. Um, The mayor is still, the mayor is still trying to find a balance of some kind. And I don't know, Mr. Mayor, if there is a balance, but they're working on that. Uh, so, I, but, but some, and Ben Seidler had some really interesting things to say. Uh, so I'm going to share some of what was said last night at Wheeling Council and tell you where the conversation went. Lots of people, overflow crowd of people with a lot of people uh, signed up to speak um, both for and against this ordinance uh, at the end of the meeting as well. So a little look at homelessness and the urban uh, urban camping ban proposal in the city of Wheeling. Coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show, it is 722.
2: On the last talk line on Metro News, Delegate Amy Summers asking questions about what Child Protective Services did or did not do and answering complaints about those two children locked in a shed in Sissonville. Perhaps CPS, when they did go out to this home perhaps they did not find anything I mean the police yeah. were called out several times yeah. right they didn't find anything but we don't know the answers keep up on what's happening in West Virginia talk line comes your way weekdays at 10 06 right here on this Metro news radio station we'll talk to you then
1: when deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley think first of the Highlands with a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family Or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands. Dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging.
3: Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room, so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end April 4th. Toyota, let's go places. Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The law office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not the courtroom with a successful track record in civil litigation criminal defense including tax issues and health care fraud harris law office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court call paul harris at harris law office for a free consultation 304-232-5300
0: live from the
3: robinson auto group studios
0: in the heart of the ohio valley this is the watchdog morning show with howard monroe 46 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 46 degrees in the Highland. 46 degrees in Elm Grove. And 46 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Going to be a a mixture of sun and clouds today. Daytime high, 60-ish, maybe a degree or two into the 60s. Some rain comes in tomorrow, probably in the afternoon, but it's not going to be a particularly great day. Cloudy. Warmer, though, tomorrow's high will be up to around 66. The debate over homelessness continued last night at Wheeling City Council. Dominated the whole meeting. Um, council itself quickly went through some routine ordinances you know giving the city manager ability to buy a new street sweeper whatever kind of stuff uh, but most of the time was spent by the council uh, talking about the um, homeless issue and then at the end of the meeting over 19 people had signed up to offer their opinions on this banning of public uh, banning uh, of camping in public um, and that took another hour so it was a, a long and and quite vociferous, and aggressive meeting. Uh I want to share with you some of the things that were said because some interesting points of view were made. Mayor Elliott, I think, is still trying to balance this whole thing out. The mayor has said that the city of Wheeling is at a crossroads, and I would agree with that. They can't keep I'm not saying they have put this on the back burner. I'm not saying they've ignored this. In point of fact the city has tried to do what they can for the homelessness, for the homeless. But it's you gotta get more aggressive now. Um, Mayor Elliott said, it's something I know we've struggled with as a council going back seven years, but it's continued to get worse, not better. And that is absolutely true. Uh, The mayor says, I think it's important we recognize the status quo as it has been cannot go on. Some of the campsites have a lot of problems, some crime, to trash, to personal property being stolen. We are at a crossroads now. Vice Mayor Chad Thalman uh, said, look, he wants to be compassionate. He thinks the city has been. He points out the city has donated more than, has contributed more than a million dollars to local nonprofits to assist the homeless during the time he has been on council. The full-time homeless liaison was created. But, says the vice mayor, the rule of law must stand. The homeless cannot be allowed to camp anywhere in the city, and those who who commit crimes need to be held accountable. Another comment there from uh, Chad Thalman. I turn the page on my notebook here. Um, Wheeling Councilman Ben Seidler really took a long time and uh, and said a lot of things. He began by he began as each of the council members did by saying we we have to show compassion to those who truly are homeless and in bad situation, but again he said we need to have a concern for public safety. Citing as we've done on the show several times, you know. Mothers are afraid to walk the trail with their kids because homeless wander the trails and, if not threaten them, at least kind of wander around them, cause them problems. Um, We know there have been truly public safety issues, including the guy with the machete. Uh, A couple of people beat up outside that one East Wheeling camp and so on. So um, Ben Seidler said, and here's the comment I like. Let me find this here. Uh, ben Seidler. Now, Ben Seidler said there was a big meeting that nobody knew about a week or so ago, Bob. Um, and by the way, he he complained that I, he didn't say the media, but I think he was complaining that the media is only using talking points, and that creates too much controversy and division. I'm going to challenge him on that first place. Maybe if the media had known there was this big meeting, over 40 organizations or the four, over 40 people were there to talk about homelessness. Maybe we would have covered it and given it some, you know, better, better information could have gotten out to the public. But number two, the reality is the public is very divided on this. It, you can't, you can't critic. he says the life hub has already begun to lose some funding because of the debates going on over that. I'm sorry, but there's a legitimate discussion going on about whether that life hub, as they're talking about it, it's the right thing to do. There's neighbors
1: in my neighborhood that still don't talk to this day over the the giant duck issue back in the 80s. Uh, Overbrook Avenue was the duck haven. Uh, those ladies fed them, and they weren't going anywhere. And they became not only a nuisance, but they became a health hazard. Right. And there are this, the neighbors that still survive in Overbrook, there's some of them that still don't talk to each other over that because it sparked up a, a, a lot of compassion. And that's what upsets me the most about this, Howard. Wheeling is very compassionate about the homeless. That's why we have so many of them. We have panhandlers that make hundreds of dollars a day. Homeless can go, when the weather gets bad, they can go get out of that weather here in Wheeling. They are fed, what, a couple different places we we feed the homeless every day i don't wonderful organizations do so the people that say well wheeling have what, what more can we do we've created this problem because the homeless flock to wheeling because they're taken so good so taken so well up of, of well, here Howard. Good care of. Yeah, exactly. yes, yes that's what i'm trying to get out <laughs> that's why they're here because we have been so compassionate
0: and all the council members said that look we, we begin with compassion and i I think it's fine. And I I don't have a problem. People coming. It, it is. We are, we do show compassion, but we cannot, as all the council members said, most of them said, we can't ignore the public safety issue. Compassion for the homeless, recognizing that many, many, many are in legitimately bad straits and need help, but but re- regardless of that, you can't be attacking the citizens. You can't be walking around with a machete. You can't be defecating on public streets. You can't be doing these things, and that's the kind of stuff that needs to be done. But Ben Seidler said something really interesting. He said that um, in the city of Wheeling, homelessness is certainly an issue of compassion. But then he said this, Bob. Homelessness is big business. Homelessness is being monetized. There are people who, are, who, who like to see the homeless here because they're able to make money off of that. I'm not talking about people panhandling. I'm talking about agencies and entities that get their money because they're serving the homeless, which then hires the people that work for them. Now, I'm not sure I'm totally in agreement with that, but I think I give Ben a lot of credit for speaking out and saying that homelessness Is big business in the city of Wheeling. It is. And if you don't think that's true,
1: you're missing the point. Those folks are down on their luck. And I would love for them to be able to switch that around. Believe me, I am there. I would love to be able to help. I'm not going to give them money on the corner, though. And here's the thing, Howard. If those folks would go to the workforce, they would probably be lucky to make, I don't know, $10 an hour, which would be $80 a day. They make double that. Some days probably triple that asking
0: people for money. So, yes, it's big business. Well, again, I, it is, and I don't disagree. But that's not what ben, what ben is saying, is that the people who are serving the homeless like to keep the homeless there. That's another great point, because yes. Because th- the agencies get money to serve the homeless, which then hires the people who work there.
1: Howard, that's a wonderful point, and and I stepped on it there because I didn't understand what he's saying. But, yes, now that you said it to me twice— Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Ben.
0: Way to go. He says that, that you know, homelessness is uh, using a f- f- typical phrase these days. Homelessness is being monetized by some people. Again, I I don't want to I a thousand percent agree with you on the panhandling thing. I think those are two separate issues. Panhandling. And we talked about this yesterday with Tom Bloom in some good conversation, which I think the city of Wheeling at some point needs to look at what Montague County is doing with the panhandling issue. Panhandling is separate than camping issue, and the camping issue is separate than the violence issue. All, each of those need to be dealt with. You don't think the campers are some of the panhandlers? Uh, actually, probably not, honestly. I think the campers, I think the, the panhandlers are more... I, I'm not quite going so far as what Tom Bloom told us yesterday from Mont County, that they get come in by a, a van from Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I think the... the um, the panhandlers that we see in general—not all—but the panhandlers we see in general are kind of an organized workforce of their own. I don't know that they're just coming from the the, the typical homeless camp. I, again, at Perkins, I think we see them almost working in shifts. Right? They come come up from under the bridge when their shift is on. You know, um, but I, I, I don't. I, we have to deal with it. I, I just think they're. Th- I think they're three separate issues. Right now, the city is doing this uh, a- urban camping ban. Now, what Chad Thalman recommended last night, and there wasn't a lot of talk about it, but I think it's some idea. It's akin to what Bob Heron mentioned when he was here with us on Monday. Uh, Chad wants to ban all public uh, camping, in other words, all homeless camps, except for one, what he would call, managed camp. Find a piece of property somewhere, provide, the city can provide, you know, the the water and and uh, uh, trash and and, and and have rules and regulations and have someone monitor that on a regular basis and it and, and it would be a managed camp now i think there's a lot of discussion about what does that actually mean but i think there's value in that it would be one and one only and it would be sort of a, a zero tolerance policy you know now the problem becomes if you break the if if, if, you, if you do something if somebody's in one of these a managed camp and they violate one of the rules what do you do with them Somebody said to me last night, "Give me a bus ticket out of town."
1: Yeah, know? but that doesn't always work, and that could be a problem. And I think another possible problem would be Howard, where they determined to put this camp. If you put it, whatever, wherever you put it, you're, you're probably going to have pushback from the people that live near that camp. They're going to say, "Why the hell did you put it here?" I think.
0: Um, be careful how I do this. I think there is an area being considered that is not too close to any. I want to call it populated area, but is close enough that those in the homeless camp can get to or be transported to services. But it would be far enough away that it's not right there. I've got a sense of what's happening right now. Uh, I don't know this is directly connected, but I will tell you the council met after the meeting last night in executive session to discuss property acquisition. I don't know that that's what's going on here but I know I have heard talk that what they'd like to do is find a piece of property far enough away that it's not right in the midst of anything, but close enough that the homeless who need services can get them or could be easily transported to them. There's going to be a lot more talk about managed camps over the next two weeks before the ordinance comes up for second reading, and I wouldn't be surprised if there maybe aren't other amendments. Chad Thoma made that one last night. Um, and we will talk about it. I'm sorry, I don't want to upset you all. I suspect we'll talk about it almost every day over the next couple of weeks, because this is the big issue facing the city of Wheeling right now. And I agree with John McCabe and the editorial he wrote a couple of weeks ago, the city of Wheeling, Wheeling Council needs to, as they are preparing to end their current term in the spring, they need to focus all, much of their energy on this to try and deal with this problem
1: since, since it is a big uh, issue and we both Thank agree you. on that howard do you think anything like this could ever come to the ballot where every every citizen would vote on what they think ought to, ought to happen with the homeless yeah well, i i
0: don't i'm i don't know i it would depend i guess if there was a if there was a specific issue but Most things that this city would do would not be open. I mean, the public couldn't. They're not votable. You know, I'd like to see. I'd be great if there was some kind of a truly scientific poll, if that's the right word, to get a feel for what people want.
1: Or how about just enforce the laws that are on the book right now?
0: But you heard what? uh, what, uh, Yes, at first place. Absolutely. Bam. No question about it. Do that. But you heard what uh, Bob Heron told us on Monday because of jail overcrowding, because of all different kinds of things. Homeless are arrested occasionally. They are prosecuted. Uh, They are given a sentence. And then they're sent right back to the homeless camps. You know what? Bob, Bob Heron said, quote, there is not a single homeless person in the jail right now.
1: And a lot of people out there squawking are making money out of this. Again, way to go, Ben. You opened up my ears and my eyes with that. Take a close look here, people, that are really out there squawking. What's their What's their interest? Let's take a closer look at that.
0: Yes. Seidler says, it is, I'm quoting him exactly, it is abundantly clear to me homelessness is a big business in the city of Wheeling, and some of these individuals who accuse the city of criminalizing the homeless are some of the same ones who are monetizing the homeless. Again, it's awkward. Ben said he, when he spoke, he said, I know I'm get in trouble for saying this, but I think it's something that needs to be considered. Are there people who would prefer to keep the situation status quo?
1: Or I don't have a job anymore.
0: Right, exactly. Well, we will talk about this a whole lot more over the next few days. Uh, I did not get to what Rosemary Ketchum had to say, and I'll do that maybe later if we have time. I will tell you that what basically Rosemary said. She would not vote for the camping ordinance. She would, she would vote against the ban on urban camping. And I will tell you, if I didn't mention this yesterday, the ACLU has already said they will file suit. If they pass this ban, the ACLU says they'll file suit, claiming it's unconstitutional. Again, we're going to be into this A lot.
1: A lot
0: over the next couple of weeks. Wow. All right. seven forty twenty 20 to the hour. Watchdog morning show. Time to head to the Ohio Valley Newsroom from WTRF tv and Taylor Long.
2: Good Wednesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this October the 18th. Steubenville police are still asking for the public's help in finding a missing teen. Authorities say 15-year-old Rayana Shields was supposed to be at the youth center in Steubenville on Monday, but when class was canceled, she called her mother saying she was at a Renaissance Center store. She was last seen wearing gray sweatpants and a gray t-shirt with a black skull on it. Anyone with information is urged to call police at 740-283-6090. And as the horrors happening in Israel continue, witnessing the violence from afar is heartbreaking. But what if you were in the country when it happened? Well, that was the case for Magdalena, Kleb and William Clark, two students from Franciscan University who were studying abroad in Austria. They had two 10-day breaks during their semester and they chose to spend one of them in Israel, hoping to follow the footsteps of Jesus in the Holy Land. However, their pilgrimage turned into a nightmare when Hamas started firing rockets at Israel from the Gaza Strip, killing hundreds of people, including some Americans. Club and Clark were not in immediate danger, but they had to flee the country very quickly. They both say their faith in God kept them strong throughout the whole experience. Clark says he felt there were many things out of his control and that he never felt students were in immediate danger. And a quick traffic update for you this morning. Sunset Boulevard in Steubenville will be reduced to one lane from Forest Avenue to Lindiff Avenue from 730 to 5 p.m. The closure will last from today through Friday. During this time, crews will be replacing fiber communication lines. And the Ziegenfelder Company and Books with Badges teamed up to host Books and Booze. It was a Halloween-themed event last night. It took place in front of Ziegenfelder's on 18th Street and featured a trunk or treat, a costume contest, all while Books and Booze accepted book donations from the public. That was a look at your headlines. Have a wonderful Wednesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you.
3: What if your bank offered new checking and savings accounts? With a very low balance required, online bill pay and debit cards issued right away. I would like that. What if that bank had extended hours every business day and were open on Saturdays and most holidays? That's incredible. And if all their accounts had low fees or no fees? That's money in the bank, the right bank. Open your checking and savings account at Main Street Bank. You deserve a bank this good. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender.
2: With the weather changing, now's a great time to head on into your local Toyota dealer where legendary performance and reliability go hand in hand. Check out a sporty Camry with available all-wheel drive and Toyota Safety Sense, or the spacious RAV4, turning heads with amazing fuel efficiency. And now, explore Toyota like never before, with hybrids, plug-in hybrids, and full electric options. Visit buyatoyota.com today. Offers end October 31st. Toyota, let's go places. We know you work hard every day. How about a change of pace in your normal routine? Let Jill's Gentlemen's Club take you away from the reality of the real world for a few hours. Stop by after work or on the weekend and let the gorgeous
3: dancers at Jill's strip away your troubles and worries. There's no better way to relax than sipping on a cold beverage while enjoying the stage show of one of the many house dancers at Jill's. And Jill's is the perfect place for that bachelor or divorce party. For a great read, check out Jill's blogs on
1: jillsatclassact.com. Like us on Facebook, too. Located off I-70, exit 11, Dallas
0: Pike. And local every weekday with 10,000 watts of total power on WKKX and WVLY. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Forty-four, just about a quarter till the hour here watchdog morning show running a a tad behind time i want to get in the a lot of talk about that homeless situation again we're gonna be on it almost every day bob is that okay with you it's more than okay with me i think we'll be on it again because i i'm pushing this this three-pronged attack and i want to keep on uh, making that point so we'll be doing that a lot but we also every day most important have to talk about the weather and adam fike is here to help us do that good morning adam
3: Good morning, Howard. How
0: are you? I'm good this morning. Had a nice, uh, yesterday. just a quiet day yesterday, but I got a, actually a good night's sleep last night. Went to sleep a little earlier than usual, so I I'm, I'm, feel like I'm rested and, and wide awake, so that, uh, that's good. How about you?
3: I'm curious what your definition of early is compared to me.
0: <laughs> uh, well, going to sleep, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I was asleep by about 1 a.m., I'm usually I'm usually up to at least two, which is why I'm always I'm, I'm, I'm dragging because the alarm goes off at five twenty, so I, I get uh, and sometimes if I'm reading and I lose track of time, it's you know it comes becomes three before I fall asleep. so but last night uh, about one o'clock, you know I, see I work I have a weird work schedule, the way I do things. My wife and I go to bed. She gets in the she gets into bed. I have a chair in the bedroom that I sit in, and I turn all the lights in the all the lights off. I'm working in the dark, and that's when I do most of my preparation for the show. I print my stories, I make my notes, uh, in the dark at midnight, and then I play Wordle and I play the connections game and all the New York Times games and the crossword puzzle, <laughs> and then I go to sleep. So, but last night I went to sleep early, so I feel I feel alert. I feel awake. I'm ready to roll. Ready to roll. I'm telling you. Normally
3: when people tell me early, they say like, oh, I went to bed at eight or nine. I've never really, other than college students, I don't hear early as of post-midnight. <laughs> oh, well.
0: <laughs> well, as you have learned in your time here on The Morning Show, uh, there's a lot of things on this show that are different from what the normal people do. Bob and I are not necessarily the normal people. Bob, what time do you normally go to sleep?
1: I went to bed last night at 8 o'clock. That's about my uh, – I need seven hours, Adam. So I went to bed at 8, I get up at uh, 3, and that's the way it works.
0: You know, Adam, how many hours of sleep do you need or do you normally get?
3: I normally get somewhere between 5 and 6. I My body is weird. I can function on less sleep. So really I could go to bed at 9 or 10 p.m. and still get up at 1 a.m. and be fine.
0: I, um, I, and I, somewhere along the way, this was not always the case, but in the last 10 years or so, four hours is about as much. Uh, after four hours, I generally wake up. No matter what time I go to sleep, I generally wake up after about four hours. That's just four hours is my time. Now, I'm not saying I'm rested. I'm not saying that I couldn't use more. On the weekends, on a Saturday, it could be eight or nine hours. I guess I catch up on the weekends. But as a general rule, four hours is about what I. Uh, and I know that's not right. I know that health-wise, they tell you, you need more sleep than that. But that's about it. After about four hours, I just, I my body says, get up, get doing something. So if, and of course, Adam, at uh, my age, when my body says, get up and get doing something, that means, uh, well, go pee. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it means. All right, let's talk about the weather today. We're looking at a... Um, uh, again, kind of an okay day. A little bit of clouds, a little bit of sun, and some moderate temperatures. Is that about right?
3: Yeah, I would say it's better than yesterday. We're not going to see any drizzle. I mean, guess it's cloudy to start the morning. We're still chilly. But we'll see sunshine for the afternoon. Temperature's right around 60. Maybe a couple spots in the upper 50s. But really, most of us should max out between that 60 and 63 this afternoon.
0: Okay. Eh, Mild, I guess, would be a good word to use for that. That's okay. You know, just just low, mid to low 60s, or low to mid 60s. That's acceptable. Uh, And then how's the rest of the week look out? Then we start to see more rain later in the week, right?
3: Yeah, unfortunately, rain returns for the end of the week. Tomorrow, though, not actually, I would say, another okay day. We're dry. We're still mild in the